day. It's Allison Katzkowski. Welcome to this edition of the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. So today we are continuing our deep dive throughout the month of October into the different aspects of self-care. And today I want to tackle a subject that has really piqued my curiosity a whole lot over the last couple of years, and that is self-care for your gut. Yes, I said it, for your gut. Um, Gut health has really been a very popular health topic over the last couple of years. That's mainly because there's a lot of really exciting research being done on exactly what types of things influence the health of your gut. Um, Sometimes it comes down to what you eat. Sometimes it comes down to how active you are, how much sleep you get, all the common variables that we know are important for self-care. But what I want to get into today is share with you four common themes and approaches that you can do to approach self-care for your gut. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to end the show today and give you some tips on what foods are particularly good for your gut health, uh, what the difference between probiotics and prebiotics are. These are two common buzzwords that you hear a lot in association with gut health. So I want to hear, I want to share that information with you as well um, as we continue our deep dive. So So just to recap a little bit, the last couple of weeks, we started with self-care for your mind, and then last week we got into self-care for your body. And the main reason why I wanted to continue the deep dive with the gut health is, is that the health of your gut really does influence just about every major system in your body. And most people think that it's, you know, getting the mindset right and taking care of your body that's important. And don't get me wrong, that is important. But the self-care for your gut really is what I like to call the central coordination point. There's so many things that go through your gut in terms of what your gut is responsible for, how it communicates with the rest of your body, down to exactly what is produced in your gut versus what is produced other places in your body. Now, I'm not going to get too much into the science nitty gritty here. Um, For those of you that know me, you know that I, I love science. I am a true science geek. But I want to try to keep it real here and keep it in a language that we can all understand and relate to. So just again, to recap, just a gentle reminder that mostly everything that I'm sharing with you, I don't want this to be a one-time approach with you. I want you to be able to take information away from each of my episodes to hopefully help you better understand not just what self-care is, but how you can retool your own self-care approach um, to what works for you. Because this is not something that you just decide one day to get up and do. This is a journey. And every day we can go further on our journey by going a little deeper into the areas where we feel like we need the most emphasis. And maybe it's not really that we think we need to. Maybe we just need to retool what we're already doing. So it's not a matter of reinventing the wheel. Sometimes it's just a matter of getting a little more clear on what the next steps are. So... Uh, let's get to it then. The reality is, is that our gut is connected to just about everywhere in our body. And if you think about it when you eat, okay, so when you have a meal and the food goes into your stomach, it's then absorbed into your intestinal tract, which then allows it to be absorbed into the rest of your body. And this is primarily where I want to focus on my discussion today is is what actually happens when it gets to that point. And this is really what we mean by gut health. Now, yes, The health of your gut is important when it comes to your actual stomach, but most of the time the communication that I'm talking about is happening in your intestinal tract. And I want you to think of your intestinal tract as a 
intricate highway system where you've got a lot of, of roads and pathways that, that cross over each other, that interact with each other, until you come to what I like to call the big information highway, which is your large intestine. And this is where so much absorption happens. This is where absorption of nutrients mostly takes place. This is primarily where water is absorbed into your body. So it's very important that we think in terms of those details, that we think in terms of what is going to help that communication get better. And this is what we refer to as gut health. So this is really where I'm going with today's episode. So guts have a lot to, our gut health has a lot to do with how we support our health, okay? Mostly because there is bacteria that actually lives in our gut. And we tend to think of bacteria being bad. We tend to think of bacteria as what makes us sick. But in reality, the bacteria that lives in our gut is actually good bacteria. It's kind of like when you think about what insects are good and what insects are not so good. There are insects out there in our ecosystem that actually help help us out by eating the insects that we don't want. Okay, they help keep the balance there in our ecosystem. And the same can be said with snakes too. And I don't want to compare snakes with gut health for heaven's sake. But there are good snakes and not so good snakes. There are snakes out there that eat the animals and eat the things that keep our ecosystem in check. Um, and so that's how I want you to think of gut health bacteria is that the bacteria, we actually want some bacteria in our gut to help keep our system working the way that it should. I read a statistic the other day that about blew my mind. 80% of your immune system cells, the cells that keep your immune system working, the cells that keep your immune system functioning so that we stay healthy and we don't get sick, all of those cells live in our gut, okay? Let me read that to you again. 80% of our immune system cells live in our gut. So in order for those cells to function the way that they should, then that not only do they need certain nutrients, but they need bacteria to help keep them growing at the pace that they need to work. Okay, so think about that for just a minute. Our gut is mostly, it's a very warm environment. It's very moist in general, okay? And when we think of the two of the conditions under which bacteria grow, and grow well is darkness and moisture, okay? There are not many strains of bacteria that grow well in light, okay? So keeping that said, keeping our gut moist and keeping it working well is really important to help keeping all of the systems functioning the way that they should, okay? The other thing that lives in our gut a lot are what we call neurotransmitters, and these are what I like to call feel-good chemicals. We tend to think of neurotransmitters as associated with how our brain works, but they're actually produced in our gut, okay? And they're produced in our gut, namely because, again, of certain nutrients and certain bacteria strains that grow there and that live there, okay? So in order for both of those things to happen, our immune system to function well and our neurotransmitters to function well. And neurotransmitters communicate with our brain to help shape our thoughts and emotions. And I talked about thoughts and emotions in self-care for the mind. So you can really see that this is a continuous feedback loop that goes between our guts and our brains and the rest of our body. Okay, so you can see how all of this is really connected. It literally means almost every day that what you eat Okay, what you eat and what goes into your gut helps keep you healthy. Okay, this is one of the reasons why probiotics are so essential. Okay, and all probiotics are are living bacteria. Okay, most of us know probiotics because they come in the form of a pill. 
that we need to keep, once we buy, we keep refrigerated. And that's because the cold temperatures help keep the bacteria in the form and in the growth that we want. Okay. But probiotics are good and probiotics are something that every single person should be taking on a daily basis. Okay. Um, some other nutrients that are present in probiotics are vitamin C, zinc, and even a compound called echinacea, which really helps to keep our immune system functioning. Okay. And someone once told me that a probiotic functions a lot like a multivitamin and that it functions like extra insurance. And why do we carry insurance on a, you know, on a regular basis? It's for that just in case something happens, right? Because most of us can't be guaranteed that we're going to be getting the nutrients that we need from the food that we eat on a day-to-day basis. If you think about how busy we all are, how our schedules are, and how society really dictates how we live, this really makes this next to impossible. So taking a multivitamin and a probiotic every day is just simply good insurance. It's a good practice to get into. And if you're not doing that, I would definitely recommend that that is a huge step forward in making sure that you attend to your self-care. And I'll talk a little bit about probiotics here in a little bit. Okay, but mostly what I want to get into right now are four aspects of your self-care in which gut health is directly connected. Okay, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I just want to share this with you because this will hopefully help you tie this whole concept together before I get into sharing with you some of my favorite foods that and foods and tips that you can do on a day-to-day basis to help with your gut health. Number one is sleep. Now, we've talked a lot about sleep on the show, Okay. Um, But basically during sleep, and I've talked to you about this before, sleep is basically where your entire body becomes under what I like to call road construction. Okay, this is where your systems can reset easily. This is where the nervous system can reset, all of your hormones can recheck, if you will. This is where repair happens. This is where your immune system hopefully can do its best job as well as when you rest. Okay. And not lost on this is how your gut health is influenced by your sleep patterns. And when you think about a time in your life where maybe you're not sleeping well, or maybe you go through a period of time where you're waking up continuously throughout the night, it does throw off your eating patterns. It throws off the rhythm that your gut gets into when you sleep well and you're in a regular good health routine, if you will. Okay. So a lower quality of sleep can definitely influence not just your eating patterns, but how well that that essential gut health bacteria can grow and stay in check, okay? Think about that for just a minute, okay? Sometimes when we're stressed or when we find ourselves craving foods like high sugary, salty foods, maybe even alcoholic beverages, all of these things influence how well our gut health bacteria works, So if you think about a time in your life where, you know, or maybe you're going through it right now where you just simply find that it's, it's really difficult to stay on track with your eating, that you continuously want to eat, you know, fast food or sugary foods or snack foods or whatever, all of that eventually has an influence on how well your gut health bacteria works. Okay. And then when that bacteria growth gets off a little bit, then that influences our eating patterns, which directly can influence our sleep patterns as well. So you can see it's all of these steps are connected. Okay. So when we get really good quality sleep, we allow those communication channels to keep working the way that they should. 
okay? All of this directly can affect our body clock. We can actually think that it's time to sleep in the middle of the day, and then we can be wide awake at night. This can also influence how we eat and what foods we crave on a regular basis. The same goes for when we're stressed or when we find our mind is preoccupied. It definitely affects that as well, okay? So, you know, we obviously know that sleep is really important, but you know, I want you to understand everything that actually happens when you sleep. Okay. And so, and if you're, that's something that you're struggling with now, then I would advise you to do whatever you need to do to get, to figure out how you can get your sleep back on track. And that might mean taking a power nap, maybe on the weekends, it might mean reprogramming, um, to try yourself to try to go to bed a little earlier in the evening, maybe sleeping a little later in the mornings, you know, figure out what you need to do to readjust your sleep schedule. Okay. Because all of that will pay you big dividends down the road. Okay. Point number two, our gut health is directly influenced by what we eat. We already know that, but let me go into a little more detail there. Our gut bacteria changes almost as often as the seasons do. Okay. And this is because largely uh, changes in temperature, changes in season can, you know, dictate our food supply and the food choices that we make. This is why it's so important for good gut health that we eat seasonal foods, seasonal local foods, foods that are easy for us to get to, foods that are easily accessible. And obviously during the fall and winter, there are certain food choices that are much more prevalent than they are in the warmer weather months. Okay. Sometimes our, the what we eat can directly be influenced by the climate around us, by the temperature changes that we have, um, as much as the seasonal changes go. And sometimes these changes can influence our gut health bacteria too. And this is why the seasonal food, local foods are so important. There are foods that are probably universal throughout the year. Um, most foods that are high in fiber, there are obviously lots of different options that are available throughout the year. Um, we tend to think in the winter months of the, the heavier fibrous vegetables like squash and cabbage and, you know, even Brussels sprouts to a degree, um, potatoes and leeks, leeks, if you will, onions, even the foods that tend to generate more heat, we tend to think of uh, as being more common and prevalent in the colder months. And that's when we tend to want them more. They tend to be more prevalent on restaurant menus and grocery stores. The recipes that we tend to use tend to call for these items a little bit more. Um, whereas in the warmer months, uh, we tend to eat the cooler type foods, the foods that are usually a little bit higher in water content. And so one concept that I'm going to spend a future episode talking about is uh, ways that you can actually eat more Ayurvedically, okay? This follows the basic ancient principles of Ayurveda health, which in short can mean eating according to what's called your dosha or your constitution. We do some of this on our fitness retreats where we do a little bit of a deep dive into this concept so that you can sort of get an idea of what eating patterns are more common for your body and more common for the way that you operate. Um, and that's for a future episode. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I wanted to bring that up now because there is some truth to that, with, especially when it comes to our gut health, because there are certain foods that when we eat just trigger certain reactions in our body. And a friend of mine has a saying, food is simply information for your body. When we eat foods, we tend to get certain reactions. And for some of us, they're good reactions. And for some of us, they're not so good. But most of the time, that's information that we're getting from our gut, okay, that our gut is actually telling us 
uh, what's happening. Okay. So the take home message here is to eat the seasonal local foods. Um, and again, consider using a probiotic if you're not already. Um, and I'll get into that um, at the end of the show uh, when I share with you my tips and strategies. Concept number three is being hydrated. Being hydrated definitely influences your gut health, okay? Now, we all know that water's good for us. We all know how much water we should get on a daily basis. But I also know that plenty of people out there struggle with getting enough water for themselves. Some people just don't like to drink plain water. I mean, honestly, it is not very exciting, but it is the most essential nutrient. Um, what, drinking plenty of water can assist with your weight loss. It can keep your metabolism going, not to mention keep your brain clear. But the water going through your gut actually helps keep the gut bacteria circulating and keeps your gut functioning. And keep in mind, all of this takes energy. So you are actually using calories to do that, even though water has no calories. But consuming enough water, in fact, as much water as you possibly can every day is good for your gut health, okay? And in the winter months especially, we tend to not think about being thirsty because we're colder. You know, the temperatures are colder, the air is drier. We tend to not notice when we're as thirsty. But I have come to believe that we need, probably need more water in the colder months than we do in the warmer months, simply because the air is so much drier. And if we're physically active throughout the day, the more we move, the more water we lose through breathing and talking and water vapor and plenty of other things. Okay. So, our bodies also tend to conserve more water in the colder weather because our body's number one job is always to protect itself. And so when we go into conservation mode, we're also trying to conserve, not only are we trying to conserve energy, but we're trying to conserve water as well. Okay. So in the colder months, it's very important that you get plenty of water. We notice it more in the, in the warmer months because of the heat, but we don't tend to notice it until we're already dehydrated in the cold weather months. Okay. Drinking plenty of water helps keep your gut bacteria circulating. It helps keep your gut working. And obviously, a higher water content means that the actual bacteria count itself in your gut can increase too, okay? Because keep in mind, at the beginning of the show, I said the two most common prototypes, the two most common environments in which bacteria can grow are darkness and moisture, okay? So when we don't get enough water, Okay, we're directly influencing our gut health with that. Okay, and then finally, tip number four, obviously, is being active. The more active we are, the better. Okay, staying moving, even if you're not a gym person, but staying active throughout the day keeps the circulation of your gut bacteria in check. Okay, which means that everything functions better. Okay, now keep in mind too the other piece to this, and this is something I don't think we think about as much. The other piece to this is, is that the more active we are, the more active our neurotransmitters are. And keep in mind your neurotransmitters that are produced in your gut are directly responsible for helping your brain form thoughts and emotions. Okay, so sometimes when we're feeling a little down or depressed, this is really the sole reason why being active is a mood enhancer. Okay. So being active not only helps with the gut health, but it actually helps you feel better. And that's why it's because of the production and the circulation of the neurotransmitters. Okay. And keep in mind, they, these are living organisms. Okay. These are living organisms that live in your gut and they need to be able to thrive. So keeping them well hydrated and staying active is super important for this. Okay. So now that we've reviewed those four strategies that are direct, 
directly tied to optimal gut health, I want to share with you some tips and suggestions now for you, hopefully, to work on your gut health. And this is directly related to what we eat, okay? So there are three keys to what you eat for gut health, okay? And these are foods that actually help your gut bacteria grow and thrive, okay? These are foods that are high in fiber. These are foods that are good sources of prebiotics and probiotics, okay? Or any combination of those three. Now, there's a lot of discussion as to how much fiber we actually need every day. I've read studies that suggest anywhere from 25 grams all the way up to 40 grams a day. But in general, it's never a good idea to eat a whole lot of fiber at once, especially if you're not used to that, because it can create um, an uncomfortable, uh, gassy feeling, if you will, in your gut. Okay. So if you're, if you, if you know you aren't getting enough fiber, then my suggestion is to start slow and incorporate it in small places and work your way up to that. Don't simply try to consume the 25 to 40 grams in one day if that's not what you're used to. Okay. Prebiotics in short are food for probiotics. Okay. So think about it like this. Your prebiotics are normally foods that are high in fiber, okay? And probiotics are, there are foods with active live cultures in them, like yogurt, for example. That's considered a probiotic. There's a a compound on the market called kefir, and some people really like to have kefir in place of yogurt. Kefir has more live bacterial cultures in it than actual yogurt does. So it's considered more of a true biotic for that, re- true probiotic for that reason. Okay. Um, so prebiotics are food for probiotics. Okay. These are high fiber, high water content foods. And then probiotics simply have the actual bacteria strains in them. Okay. It's always a good idea to stick with whole foods rather than foods um, that contain all three. Okay. And what, and I say that because it's next to impossible to find foods that contain all three. Okay. But if you stick to eating whole foods rather than foods that say contain probiotics, contain prebiotics. Okay. The whole foods, you're much more likely to have the actual natural compound present. Okay. And obviously eating the real thing is much better than eating something that's enhanced with it too. Okay. For obvious reasons. So If we ramp up our fiber content gradually, this is where maybe eating a salad, maybe not every day, but every other day, maybe, or having an extra serving of vegetables with your meal in the evening, okay, can help you to get the extra fiber that you need. And again, staying hydrated, going back to one of our major themes, making sure that you're getting enough water every day helps as well. But some some examples of high fiber foods are legumes. These are like beans, most beans and seeds, uh, berries, raspberries, blackberries, strawberries are high in fiber, even peaches, bananas are good. Um, and then bran and whole grains. And this is a discussion for another show later where I'll talk about uh, the you know, what is actually being gluten-free and what gluten actually is. We'll get to that in another episode. But most whole grains have some fiber in them. And this is why oatmeal is such a good choice for a complex carbohydrate. Okay. Now there are oatmeals out there that are gluten-free for those of you that are super sensitive to that. Um, But, you know, having some whole grains in your diet is really essential. Um, And it's, it's much easier to do that today than it ever has been. Um, So if you are sensitive to gluten, know that you can still do that on a regular basis. 
As far as probiotic sources, I've already talked about yogurt or and or kefir. Miso is another good source of probiotics. This is mostly soybean based. So if you're a vegetarian, this could be an option for you. And quinoa has some probiotics in it. I love quinoa because it's, um, it's also high in fiber. Um, it's bulky, so it can keep you full. And it can be a good substitute for, um, you know, it can be a good substitute in a meal if you're wanting something to keep you full. Okay. Some other sources that are good for gut health, some other good food sources are asparagus, artichokes, bananas, leeks, garlic, and of course, my favorite avocado. Avocado is so good for your gut health. Um, it's also high in unsaturated fat. But having an avocado just about every day does wonders for your gut health and helping keep the gut bacteria in check. So this is why guacamole, having avocado in a salad, having avocado with veggies. Um, sometimes what I do is I put avocado on a piece of gluten-free bread is also good too. So these are all ideas as far as food choices to help with your gut health. Okay. Now I want to leave you with a couple things to be mindful of as far as um, the food choices that are not so good for our gut health. And those are watching the alcoholic beverages, caffeinated beverages, sugary and diet sodas, sugar-free candy and gum because of the sweeteners. Okay. Fried foods and sweetened food, fruit drinks. And the reason that all of these foods need to be kept in check, other than the obvious reason, is, is that the contents of these foods can actually keep your gut health bacteria from growing like it should. And then what happens is, is that when your bacteria is out of whack, then your eating patterns follow suit. Okay, this is what leads to cravings. This is what leads to, you know, in turn, to sleep patterns not being as good and eventually your brain gets affected too because you can't really think clearly. You find yourself getting distracted a lot more. It's hard to be focused. So there really is truth to saying that the gut health is part of the essential communication circle in your body. Okay. So you really, you want to just keep these foods in moderation. There's nothing wrong with having a sweet treat once in a while or rewarding yourself, but you want to keep all this in check because it does have what's called a domino effect. Um, I, I I'll stop short of saying it's a house of cards, but it is a super sensitive communication chain. So you definitely want to pay attention to that. So I hope that all this information has been helpful for you today. Um, gut health to me is just a fascinating concept. And there are plenty of other aspects of this that we could go into on future shows. So I hope that if some, if any of this resonates with you or if you have questions on this that you'll reach out. Please feel free to find me on Facebook. You're more than welcome to join our exclusive community, Living Your Ultimate Life Through Fitness and Self-Care. We would certainly love to have you. And I hope that all of this information helps move you forward. Thanks for listening today to Your Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You are one step closer to living your ultimate life. Make it a good one.